Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 6, very familiar to all of us. One of my favorite portions of scripture. The scripture says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders attain a good testimony. And the word elder is actually referring to the patriarchs of the Old Testament and those that preceded Christ. And we're here in search of a better life and something more in God. And so by faith, these elders, they obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made by things which are visible. And by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. And so Abel had this faith in God that he knew would please God, and he did it by faith, by offering offering God this this sacrifice. And, And we know that reading in the Old Testament, that was... That was an animal and a blood sacrifice. And so, even though he's dead, his gift still speaks to God and his voice is still heard. And the gift, that's the gift that keeps on giving. When you give God what he desires and what he wants, it is possible to please God. You know that, right? It is very possible to please God and and to live under his banner of love and, and just be there. And so... The scripture says that he obtained a great witness, but by faith, in verse 5, by faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. Doesn't that sound nice? You've got that promise. Do you know that you have that promise today? You've got the same promise if you have Jesus in your life, and he was not found because God had taken him. For before, before he was taken, he had this one testimony that he pleased God, that he pleased God. But without faith, now this is for us, are you ready? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. Everyone say a rewarder. God gives rewards. He is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. You love rewards, don't you? I've seen it in the store. Some of you even get mad if they don't give you your rewards. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, I've seen people pull up, uh, you know, it's their turn to go up at, at Best Buy and they ask them, I want to see how many rewards I have. And they don't measure up to what they think they ought to have. And then they automatically start getting salty. Get all mad and they say, I, I think I had more than this. Sometimes we think we expect more than what we put in. But you know, with God, it's really a matter of just his goodness and his tender mercies and what Jesus did for us. And when we look and seek him by faith, he always is a rewarder to those who are consistent, persistent in seeking him. God won't let you down. He will always be there. This Sunday morning, I just want to, this is a standalone message. We've ended the series, The Table things that every Christian family we believe ought to have a discussion about. 
And today we're talking about big. We're going to be talking about big faith, big prayers, and big rewards. Big faith. Turn to someone and tell them big faith. You got to have big faith sometimes. You need to say big prayer sometimes. You know, those little sweet, little cute prayers you've been praying, they're wonderful. But sometimes you need to pray or that you need to pray some ridiculous kind of prayer sometime that only God would believe and know that God has a big reward for you how many of you believe that this Sunday morning God has a big reward for you high five your neighbor before you're seated and look at them and tell them big things are on the way big things are on the way and you can be seated this Sunday morning clap your hands one one more time and if your neighbor's sleeping, just look at them and just pinch them a little bit right there on their side. Tell them, wake up, baby. Wake up, honey. Raise your hand if you need coffee. They'll bring you coffee. <laughs> big things. Big things. I had a brother who believed in big dreams and big prayers. and I, um, I grew up in a family that wasn't raised in church. I, I wasn't raised in church. I'm the son of a nightclub owner. My family built, my father moved here in the late 70s and built a convention center and he owned a real estate company, owned a jewelry store, a warehouse, and he was a businessman. I come from a line of entrepreneurs. And so my family moved here in the late 70s and my father passed away when I was six years old. And I had a big brother who raised me. My big brother was a really cool guy, man. He just, he passed already, but my big brother was a, was a power lifter. I'd seen this guy bench press over 600 pounds and win competitions and trophies, and he was just a big guy. We used to own a fitness center also, and, and so I grew up in the gym, grew up around the family business, and, and I didn't have anybody to look up to but my brother. So my brother would, would do these feats of strength, and he, would, he was going to be on the power team at one time, and they asked him to be on it, and I, he was just my hero. Then he had cancer, and he had this brain tumor. And I saw the strong man begin to dwindle down. And, but he had the same kind of faith. And I saw him, I, I didn't see him lift heavy weights or, you know, build, big, build a big business. But I saw him pray big prayers. I saw him win souls to the kingdom. To date, he'd won 14 preachers to the gospel. To date, he, has prayed for, he prayed for people that had cancer, and, and the cancer are still in remission. Because at some point in your life, you learn, no matter what it may be, you learn how to, to adapt to your, to your problems, and, but we never learn how to overcome them and face them with with big faith and big thinking. I'm very thankful for every good thing in my life and thankful for my heritage and my family and thankful for my kids and thankful for the opportunities God's given me to serve in every capacity. But being content with things in your life that God's given you is wonderful, and, but I really do believe sometimes God wants us to go beyond. And like my brother, I think on stories and things that have occurred in his life that I saw him go through. He had big faith 
in the world. And when God saved him, he had big faith in God. And we would pray prayers sometimes. We would pray things that only God could answer. We prayed miracles. I can tell you stories. I can write a book and tell you stories about things that God did for this young nightclub owner. God brought us out of the business and he delivered us and saved us and he did great things in our life and turned my family around and here we are. The city God called us to and I grew up in is a city that God's called me to do this in. What a humbling experience, but to see the same faith we had back then, we learned to apply it in the church and sometimes this is where the, the church and every Christian gets lost in transition. We don't believe sometimes, and I hate to say this, but sometimes in Christianity, we think it's, it's um, pride, prideful to ask God for bigger and better things. We restrict God's blessings. We're the only limit that God has in this world. It's right here between our minds. I'll tell you, before I was saved, to just kind of give you an example, before I was saved, my, my wife and I, my wife and I, our whole... Uh, our whole goal in life was to have restaurants all over Texas. I worked in the restaurant business. I started off as a waiter when I was start, first got married, and I wanted to own restaurants. And I, I told my wife, I said, We're gonna, I'm going to find a four or five-star restaurant in San Antonio. We moved there for a little bit. Everyone moves away from Victoria. When, when they're young, they, wanna, they can't wait to get out of Victoria. But when they have children, they can't wait to get back home. <laughs> the funny thing about Victoria, right? We had big dreams, and we said, I'm going I'm to establish a restaurant. We're going to get a business going. I, I sat with millionaires, talked with them, found out how they operated, how they functioned. Uh, I had support. I had backing. I was fixing to do something. Then all of a sudden, God changed my heart and delivered me and brought me back home. Delivered me from myself, really, but brought me back home. Then I was taught that if you're going to be happy and you're going to live for God, someone told me one time, and I think it was misleading, I'm pretty sure it was, if you're going to live for God, you've got to be poor. You've got to be humble. And you can't, you can't do well. If you do too good, it's not good. And I believe you have to be content with all things in your life, but somewhere along the way in our humanity, we adopt this, this mindset of, of, you know, I, I don't want to do too well, and I don't want to get the ego, and I don't want to, I, I don't want to get recognized, or if, you know, if I don't, if, if I'm rich, the scripture says it's hard for a rich man to get into the kingdom of God, and all these things to validate that mentality stays there. But I really believe that God wants to bless you so big, and I'm, that's not referring to everybody, because everyone has their own experiences, but religion if you weren't raised in church or you were raised in church in a denomination, you have this mindset where you think that, you know what, I, I, I don't know if, if I can pray for myself like this or believe God for these things, but I'm here to tell you emphatically that God wants you to be blessed and to do well. And we all know this, but the mindset that we have at times has always been, has, has been in the past where I'm a I don't need to pray for myself, or I don't need, to, I'm fine, don't worry about me. But when we see somebody else blessed, 
and see somebody else doing well, we kind of get provoked to jealousy a little bit, and we start thinking to ourselves, oh, why doesn't God do that for me? And here we are, some people struggle. They struggle with this spirit of poverty and this limitation in your mind, and and, and it's funny, and I, I, let me just confess this a little bit. It seemed like to me, before I was saved, I had more faith to succeed. And then, when I got saved, I felt like, okay, at first, at first now, not now, not anymore, but at first, I felt like, okay, now I have to uh, be satisfied and content with everything where I can't want more, do well, or do, I'm afraid I'm to step out of the will of God in my life, and I don't, and I don't want to get rich because then I can't go to heaven. Or, and this isn't about rich. It's not about getting rich. It's about simply moving the obstacles from your mindset and letting God bless you with the abundant life he wants to give you. Now, has anyone ever wrestled with that kind of thing that I'm talking about right now? Raise your hand if you so I won't feel like the only lone guy, a loner in here. See, it's not, it wasn't just me. Some of you went through that too. But then I started understanding the scripture a little bit better. And I looked at every patriarch. I looked at people like Abraham. I recognized the people that preceded us in our faith. They prayed big prayers. They believed God for big things. And Abraham was a blessed man. In fact, here's how God thinks. God told Abraham, I'm going to give you a family, but your family's going to be as many as the stars of the sky. If God told you today he's going to give you children and there's going to be as many as the stars are in the sky, what would you do? I'm <laughs> like, I got four kids. And let me tell you something, I, and to be quite honest with you, if I knew they were going to be that talented, I would have had more, but... Anyways, but here's the deal. God thinks big. God thinks big. You know, when God spoke to Moses and told Moses, I want to take you back to Egypt and I'm going to use you to bring millions of my people out. He didn't just go there and say, hey, and talk to Moses and say, Moses, I want you to bail out one person. That would have seemed pretty cool, but God, God spoke to Moses and told him, he said, listen, Moses, I'm going to use you to create the biggest jailbreak ever in history. You're not just going to bring one out. You're going to bring millions of them out. Can you handle that? You know why Moses could handle that? Because Moses was so broken in his life, and Moses was so prepared to do something that he thought God had ended everything. He didn't even have the confidence to step in there and talk. He had a stutter problem. But that's the people that God likes to take, turn them around, and prove to them it's not about you, it's not about your goodness, it's not about your validation, it's really about me. If you'll just allow me to use you, don't get fearful of the big dreams I have for you. Uh, just agree with me. Just agree with me. Because it seems that we have more confidence in ourselves than we do in God. But then when we lose ourselves, we lose everything. That's not the way it needs to be. God prepares us in our life to receive bigger things, pray bigger prayers, because he gives us 
bigger faith. You see, it's your small faith connected to God's big faith. And the one thing I found throughout the scripture and throughout the Bible, if you study it a little bit closely, you can find every person that had the sense and knew that they were in the will of God had confidence in their prayers, in their relationship, the ability to be in God's will, the ability to walk in God's ways is simply a matter of the heart. When you know, when you know that you know that you know that you're right where you need to be, you can pray big prayers. Daniel, right where he needed to be, right? We know that the lion's den came. We know the lion's den was that one moment to see if really Daniel had a walk with God and he really knew God like you and I know God or anybody else know God because sometimes it's not smoke unless it comes out of your own stack, right? I know I know God. I don't know if you know God. Well, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den and, and he said, Daniel, the king told Daniel, he said, Daniel, if, if you're God in whom you worship and whom you trust can save you. I hope he can. Daniel looked at him and said, O king, my God is able. My God is able. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Those three, what side? Uh, for the young people. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they were thrown into the fire right? And, and they said, we're not bound down to the image because we know we're right where we need to be. Maybe not in the right position, maybe not in our favor, but we are right in the will of God when we're not bowing down to your God. Sometimes it's not, it's, it's not a matter of really just going someplace. Sometimes it's a matter of standing for something. And if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything, Right? Well, they stood for something. And so that put them in the position to be in the will of God. And they said, whether you throw us in the fire or not, listen, our God can deliver us. Number one, let me simply tell you, in order to pray big prayers, you have to understand what God's will is and know his ways. Say it with me. You have to know God's will and his ways. You have to know that you are right where God wants you to be. You're right where God needs you to be. I never thought in a million years, a thousand years, or a hundred years ever that we would be right here. But I know I'm right here where I need to be. I know I'm in the will of God. I know. Do you believe you're in the will of God today? How many of you believe that you're not in the church by accident today? You're here with a purpose. You're here with... With, with, with God, you felt God tug on your heart to kind of come in. and I mean, we're here because God leads us and God guides us. Just like a pastor's called to a city, people are called to a church. Well, here's what happens. When you're confidently walking in the will of God, when you're confidently, confidently obeying God's voice, no matter if it's popular or not, you are now in a position 
to have a clear conscience towards God. One of the biggest enemies to big prayers is condemnation that destroys the potential for big faith. Condemnation. When we fall or we mess up or we make a mistake, listen, the grace of God and the faithfulness of his mercy, the blood of Jesus covers all those things in our life. Aren't you thankful for the mercy and the grace of God today? Listen, he died for you. He loves you. He, he gave his life for you. So stop sucking your thumb and being, feeling sorry for yourself. Get over it. Confess it. Move on and wipe the dust off of yourself. So when you do come to a place where you feel like, I, this is challenging. I don't know if I can handle this. This is bigger than me. There's something on the inside there's a spirit called the Holy Spirit that rises up inside of you and tells you, greater is he that's in me than him that's in the world. This doesn't scare me. This doesn't bother me. Did I say bother? <laughs> Speaking Spanish again. This 8.30 service today was great. We had a great Spanish service this morning. God moves, but listen. This doesn't affect me. I'm not scared of you. I'm not scared of the problem. Honey, I'm not worried. Things are going to be okay. God's given us a promise. How are you so sure? Well, you know what? I'm standing right in the will of God, and so are you. We are right where we need to be. Our purpose is to pursue after God. We've taught you throughout the years that if you will connect your purpose, your career, and everything to the kingdom of God, if you'll tie in your talents, there are three ways to give to God, time, talent, and treasure. And if you'll tie those things to the kingdom with purpose and find his reason behind it, God will back it up. God will anoint what you're doing. God will bless what you're doing. God blesses motive and spirit. He sees the heart. That's why he overlooked all the other brothers who were head and shoulders above David. Right? I've seen a lot of successful people in the world. They're tall and they got broad shoulders. They got that chiseled chin. And I'm going to tell you, if that's what success is based on, I just got kicked to the curb. <laughs> just telling you. I love it when people see my wife and they see me and go, You can't laugh at yourself. you got a problem. God sees the heart. God sees the heart. And in your heart, you're doing what's right. You're living for God. you got a prayer life. you got a worship life. You're giving to God's kingdom. You're doing everything you need to do. Then you can pray big faith prayers confidently knowing that God will come through because you're aligned with it. You're aligned with him. There have been many times when we, throughout my marriage, throughout our marriage, I can tell you, 
a number of times we needed a financial blessing. Listen, I lost my daddy young, and I had nobody to help me. We had to come up the hard way, guys. We came up the hard I'm thankful for every rough road in my life. I just got to tell you, never despise the days of humble beginnings. Don't despise those days. Everything great always has to start off small. But we built character. We learned how to trust God. We learned how to depend on God. There were times in our life we didn't have money to buy Haley diapers. We didn't know where it was coming from. But one thing we did do, we paid tithes on my $8 an hour job. My $8 an hour job. Did I say hours? Speaking Spanish again. Mexicans put an S on every word. Hmm. Yeah, I can say that because I be Mexican. We'd pray prayers like God put some diapers on that baby's bottom. I'm going to tell you, some of you in this building here today showed up at our door at times, knew us before we were ever pastors. There are people that are going to church here now that were with us before God ever called us. Show up call us over, give us bags of chicken and sausage, bring diapers to our door. One time my wife told me, honey, we are $600 short of paying our bills. We just had a lot of expenses this month, a lot of baby things to take care of. And I, I thought to myself, just for a split second, just for a split second, I said to myself, you know what? We tithe, we give, we pray, we worship. We're not living a double life. Uh, and just for a split second, that thought came to my mind. And so with boldness, I was able just to tell my wife, honey, don't worry about it. We're praying. I said, God, we're faithful. Give us the $600, God, that we need to take care of our bills. The next day, am I right, sweetheart? The next day, we got a check in the mail for exactly $600. To now, $600 may not be a lot to you, but back then, it was a lot to us. And when you can stand flat-footed and you can look at your circumstance and with big faith, pray big prayers, there is big rewards. There is big rewards. Thank you for that golf clap. That was so nice. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not that needy. Anyhow, big prayers, clear conscience, big faith. Um, let, let me, let me kind of show you this. Why, did, why was Moses so effective? Look at Psalms 103 and 6 and 7. Listen to what it says. It says, the Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all who are oppressed. God is a righteous judge. He's a just God. He cares about us. Got some echo up here, guys. God is a just God. He made known his ways to Moses, but his acts to the children of Israel. Israel only saw what he did, but Moses knew how he did it. And if you, you don't have to write it down, you can download my notes, but, but I want you to, to look at Joshua 22 and 5 later on. This is where, where Josh, Joshua was told by Moses. And Moses said and gave him instruction how to have good success. And you know, remember, it was Joshua that prayed that big prayer and said, son, stand still. How many of you remember that? Joshua prayed that prayer. Son, stand still. I can't even tell my son that. He doesn't even say, stand still, son. That doesn't even work for me. Josh had faith. 
He was talking to the burning pillar of fire, man. Stand still. And, and it did, and they won the battle. Why? Here's the principle. When you look in that 22nd chapter of Joshua, Moses told Joshua, if you'll do this, here's God's ways. He said, if you'll love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, if you'll worship him and keep his commandments, then God will be with you like he was with me. We think Moses had some secret recipe. It was no secret. Jesus even told everyone in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, he said, when challenged with the question, what is the first commandment, the best one? What would please God more than anything? And he told the Pharisees and Sadducees and his disciples to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. So, so Moses had this rod, right? Moses had this rod, and Moses stretched out that rod over the Red Sea, and we look at the rod like, my God, I want to have one of those rods too. I wonder if God would give me a rod. That rod was just a contact of faith. It was just something to help him maybe walk. It resembled authority, I'm sure. It resembled the distinctness in Moses' life. But the power wasn't in the rod. The power was in the fact that God gave him simple instruction. And when he followed the instruction, when he told him, stretch out the rod over the Red Sea, then that water departed. The power was in God and in Moses' obedience. But more than that, confidence, confidence that he had towards God. The scripture says if we have a clear conscience, we have boldness and confidence towards God. The scripture says also if we boldly approach the throne of grace, we'll attain mercy and find grace in the time of need. How many times have you and I wrestled with things in our life that we discredited ourselves or put limits in our life and felt like, you know what? I just can't do it because I'm not worthy. It has nothing to do with that. Stop focusing on what's in your hands. Focus what's in your heart. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying this. Let me be a little bit clearer. Sometimes we focus on our own works. Sometimes we can focus on our own abilities. When the truth is, those are nothing but tools. God wants you to extend it out. If you'll extend it out and surrender it to him, God can use it, and God can flow through that, and God can do something about it. The ten plagues had nothing to do with Moses' rod, but had everything to do with Moses' relationship with God. Everything. So he made his ways known unto Moses. He taught him how to do it. He showed him, look, just walk with me. Be in my perfect will. The will of God was going to bring Israel out of Egypt. Had Moses got scared and said, I don't want to go, he would have never experienced God like he did. But simply following God. Sometimes following God doesn't make any sense to anybody else but you. Am I right? You know, the wise men followed a star that no one else could see. No one else could see it, but they saw it. 
That didn't stop them from following after God. You have to follow God no matter who agrees with you, no matter who says anything about it. You've got to be obedient to God. You just simply have to don't wor- not worry about everybody else. But you see, there's one element that God will give you when you're in his will. And point number two, and here's the last point, he'll give you the ability to pray with boldness. Boldness. Now, I used to believe that being bold was shouting, yelling. I, I was raised in a, in a, when we first got saved, we were saved in that Pentecostal environment where if you didn't spit on somebody in the front row, you didn't preach. <laughs> <laughs> right? Some of you don't know nothing about that, but what I'm saying to you is, is that... Boldness is confidence in knowing that you're doing what you're supposed to do. Without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. I want to show you this. This is the prim- I'm think, I think this is a really good example. I'm going to share it with you. Um, Jesus prayed big prayers for one reason. I want to show you this in John chapter 11, verse 41 and 43. Listen to this. You know when Lazarus got sick? Remember that? And, and Mary and Martha, they ran up to Jesus and they said to him, had you been here sooner, we, we could have saved him from dying. And Jesus referred to the, the glory of God. And then he started to give instruction. Now he was fixing to pray a dynamic prayer of comprised, only comprised of three words. Just three words. But listen to what the scripture says. Because Jesus told them, remove the stone, and they, and they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. He knew God. He knew the Father heard him. And I know that you always hear me. No restrictions. Not living in condemnation. Not being in a place in his life where he felt like he failed. Or wasn't measuring up. Listen, you measure up because Jesus went up. He gave his life for you and God sees Christ in you. You measure up. And I know that you always hear me because, listen to this now, because of the people who are standing by I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. That they'll believe that you sent me. And he cried with a loud voice when he had said these things. And all he said was, Lazarus, come forth. He did not say, Mama say, Mama say, Umakusa. Kickstart a Honda. Got bit by a mosquito. Should have bought a Honda. He didn't say nothing crazy. Most of us would have been there all day long. God, Lord Jesus. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Get this thing out of him. God, come out. I mean, let me tell you something. When you've got faith, big faith, you see, it's because your small faith connected to God's faith. 
your conscience. Mercy, grace, being in God's will, knowing that you know that you know you're right where you need to be. And there's an assignment that comes with your position. And there's a purpose that comes with your position. You are right where you need to be. Do you know the job that you have is the job that God gave you for a reason? And there's a purpose that comes with that? How many of you believe that God gave you the job that you have right now? Okay, now listen, if you believe that God gave you the job that you have right now, then God gave you an assignment with that job. And I don't believe you need to go and preach the gospel to everybody and take your soapbox to church to, to work all the time. I mean, listen, you win people by just being Christ like Christ was in the world. You win people just by being you. You win people by letting your light shine. You win people by being their friend, by, by loving them. And when opportunity ever comes, God will open up the door for something deeper, something more relevant. But just you being you is good enough. Jesus wasn't trying to impress anybody. He wasn't talking, saying a loud prayer. He said, I'm only talking like this, God, so they can see and understand that you are with me. And Because one of these days, I'm going to be with them, and they're going to have to pray big prayers. But I want them to know that without you, they can do nothing. Without you, they can do nothing. This was verified in John 14 and 15. And he prayed the prayer, Lazarus, come forth. And he came out of those wraps like some of your children do when they walk into the restroom and undo all that toilet paper. Or your pets. Don't you hate it when that happens? Came out of those wraps. He looked at them. There was his friend. For the glory of God, Jesus knew that Lazarus was going to come out. It didn't matter if it was five days, six days, it doesn't matter. Listen, God will always show up on his timing. He probably won't do it when you want him to. Listen, I thought five years ago we'd be out of here already, but it was just God's perfect timing that God has ordained for us. Some of you don't even know the story. But, but seven years ago, a little lady came up to me. We were going to buy my, I was going to buy my daddy's building three times before we even thought about this property that we have right now. It was offered to me three times. I walked around that building seven times. I'd walk around there seven days. And then one day I said, God, just release it. I don't want to have anything to do with it anymore. Prayed a big prayer. I got a phone call and they told me the city bought it. I felt, okay, God, that's the answer. But the cool thing was, right after they bought it, they knocked the walls down. So I said, God, you did answer my prayers. <laughs> they knocked the walls down. Seven years ago, a little lady comes up to us, didn't even know Victoria or the city. She moved here first time to church. She said, Pastor, uh, God told me to tell you, stop thinking about the building. Stop thinking about your location. Stop thinking about what you're doing. God said, I'll just take care of the people, train the people, develop the people, develop leaders. He said, but God told me to tell you he has a piece of property for you, and it's on a road called Salem. I don't even know if there's a Salem road here, Pastor, but is there? She was so sweet. She was so innocent. I said, yes, ma'am, there is. Just a few months ago, we know the story. Someone came up to me and said, God wants to give us five acres off a road called Salem. We'll take it. Big prayers. Big prayers. 
big prayers, believing for big things. Don't ever get discouraged when you feel like God's not answering your prayers or he doesn't give, you in, give it to you in the form you think it should happen. Let God do his thing, stay in his will, be obedient, and God has a time for you. God has a purpose. God has a reason why you're going through the season that you're in. But you can't be afraid to pray big prayers. You have to start thinking bigger. You have to start thinking that God can. You know, Jesus didn't pray. He could have healed headaches. He probably did. But this, this man was not just an ordinary man. He prayed, Lazarus, come out from the grave. Come forth. Raised out of the grave. Big thinker. Jesus was a big thinker. Some of you had maybe some struggle this past week because you had five guests coming. You thought, oh, my God, how are we going to feed five more people? Do we have enough food for everybody? Jesus had a problem. He, was gonna, he had to feed 5,000 people. But he looked at a little boy with a little lunch, and he said, huh, there it is, 5,000 people right there. Big prayers. Fed all the 5,000. Fed every single one of them. And there was food leftovers. Don't you love leftovers? How many of you have leftovers today? <laughs> no. I don't blame. I'm tired of turkey. Turkey tacos, turkey mandulo, turkey sandwiches, turkey spaghetti, turkey, ah, turkey, turkey tamales. Hey, listen, turkey, let me tell you something. Stop denying your faith. God wants you to live a thankful life every single day because of big blessings. I felt this was a message, not a sermon. I didn't want to preach apologetic, apologetically. I didn't want to sermonize today. I wanted to give somebody a message today. I don't know who this is for, but somebody in this place, you need to start dreaming big again. You need to start praying big prayers again. You need to believe God. We serve a big God who does big things, who wants to prove himself to you in a great way. God doesn't do anything small. He'll do small things to build up our faith. But God is a big God, and he does things in big ways, and he's capable, he's able he can do it. He made the worlds. He made the entire world in seven days. He can take care of your problem in seven seconds. He can deal with your circumstances so fast. It'll cause you to think twice and question whether or not it was God. Have you ever thought that? Has God ever blessed you so quick sometimes you had to step back and think, my God, that will happen fast. This is happening real quick. I'm kind of scared of this. It changes. Listen, one blessing from God can change your entire world. One blessing from God, one opportunity to all of our business people that are here. It takes one business deal just to rock your world and change your whole financial outcome. It just takes one. Pray those big prayers. Pray those big prayers. Step out by faith. Come on, somebody. Give me some, give me some ivories up here. 
There is something to it when God's people start believing God for who he is. And the rewards, the rewards, it pleases God to answer your prayers. It pleases God when you believe him for those things. God is pleased. He is a rewarder to them who diligently seek after him. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Don't let your, your, your walk with God and, and, and your mindset with God of being so tough and throwing red flags or every, yellow flags everywhere as you go. Walk in the grace of God. Stop disqualifying yourself and start believing God for bigger things and, and remove the limits out of your life. Move and take the restrictions off. Take the restrictions off. Let God be God. Let God move. Let God do whatever God wants to do. Let God be whoever he wants to be in your life. Stop looking at yourself and saying to yourself, you know what? I don't think I measure up. It's not about you measuring up. It's about the God inside of you who's able to measure up and do what he's called to do in your life. I'm telling you here today. Listen, let me give you this one, one last conclusion. God will always back up his purpose. Turn to somebody and tell them, I have a purpose in my life. I have a purpose in my life. I wasn't born just to take up space. I was born so God can get the glory. Does that sound arrogant? No, it isn't arrogant. It's just confident. You are magnificently wonderfully and fearfully made by God. There is nobody else in the world that has your fingerprints. There is nobody else that has your personality just like yours. I'm just simply telling you that God made you the way he made you so he can use you the way he wants to use you, not everybody else. You've got different gifts. You have different callings. You have different abilities because God made it that way. You know why you're weird? Because God wants to make you something great and wants somebody who thinks differently. Am I too loud? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I know. I realize it. I've learned not to push you further than what I have to push you. Too much tryptophan in the audience right now. Too much turkey. Hmm. I love you, Lord. Take the limits off of my life. Even my thinking. See, I don't stand up here thinking that we have it all together. I'm going to tell you right now. Transparency is the new characteristic in the kingdom of God for this generation. Young people want to know that, hey, we have struggles too. Young people want to understand that we're just like you. We have to pray just like you do. There's an anointing and a gift for the callings and the purpose in our life, but I'm going to tell you, when the, when the lights are out, we've got to get on our knees just like you. There's struggles in my mind that I have to give to God so I can take the limits off of my life. But I've learned this one thing. If I believe God can, he will. Now, if I put feet on my prayers, I can see God move in a different way that I've never seen him move before. But it takes somebody to start believing, to start stepping out. Now, here's the question I, uh, I kind of, I want to just kind of present to you and ask you this one thing. Don't you think it's time for a change?
Don't you think it is time for a big change? You have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. God wants to do more. Will you stand to your feet this Sunday morning? Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.